0: Welcome to the Unsuccess Podcast. I'm David, and I haven't had my coffee yet today. I'm very, very slowly drinking it, but I uh, I slept very badly last night, and so here's how this is going to work today. I'm going to be dragging for the first half of this, and then the caffeine's going to kick in, and then I'm going to become like like ragey and and all crazy and animated. So look forward to that, but. Uh, Yeah, this is a podcast about faith and ministry here in Portland, Oregon, and I am David Libby. I'm Josh Hawk, And that was our best intro of all time. Uh, Today we're going to be talking more about the church. We've been doing this series for, uh, this is our week seven now, talking about um, the church and trying to deconstruct what we know as church and trying to pull apart um, pieces of what is known in the 21st century in the West as, quote-unquote, church. And today we want to talk about programs because, um, for those of you listening, um, which are probably not many who are, uh, not insiders to the church world, uh, most churches aren't really run like church that you would see in the New Testament, say. Churches are more run like nonprofits, kind of. Kind of, and these different by wings. churches
1: that, so we will, um, Let's set the context right now, probably specifically the p- more Protestant, evangelical-minded churches.
0: When you drive down the street and you see a giant building with a steeple on it, um, that and you see a bunch of um, uh, people maybe dressed in polo shirts walking in and out on a Sunday morning, that's the kind of church we're
1: let <laughs> Well, so... Talk about ministries. I want to talk about the like the things that make up of the church, and in the in the Protestant world at least, it was um, you know years ago. I probably in the eighties and nineties, um, the big push was youth ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know like you didn't have a successful church unless you had a successful youth ministry. Uh, and so, youth pastors became a thing, and um, churches. That was your that was your second hire, um, sort of. I, I guess you'd have like a senior pastor, and then you would hire a, often an administrative assistant, um, and then or an office admin, and that they might have you know just a few hours a week. And then your next pastor would be a youth pastor.
0: Yeah, and and usually that was um, if you're being cynical and probably honest. Um, that was that was more of a selfish move it was like hey let's let's save the kids or or the youth and they'll be churchgoers
1: yeah you know um, after they graduate yeah and i don't i don't want to poo poo all over youth ministry i've done that you know in years past but it it has I mean, there are lives that have been changed for sure. Yeah, and, 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 and we both impacted.
0: We both were youth ministers. Like, I was I was one for yeah a decade or so. Like, you we've we've done that and we love it.
1: Um, well, so like more recently, well recently the last maybe two decades, um, there's been a little bit of a shift, and you're like, well, no, let's let's step it back a little bit and let's focus on children's ministry. And so now. Instead of youth pastors, your second hire might be a children's pastor, or actually maybe a family pastor, which you know secretly means a uh, children's pastor or youth pastor. You just kind of oversee all the volunteers that run those ministries. Um, but we come to expect that, and then we assume that oh well, church. If if you are a successful church, it means you have to have a good children's program. You have to have a good children's ministry program, whether that be on Sunday morning or throughout the week. Um, you have to have somebody dedicated to, you know, the spiritual formation of of our our children, and have have a program for them to ke- keep the kids entertained. Um, so, let, so let's pull back. Why? Why? Why do you have to? Well, it's because it's it's the message that we're. That we're given it's and it's what people have come to expect.
0: Yeah, but why? I, I think here's here's my read on it. Um we Well it's because we care about our kids. We're afraid we want our kids to know Jesus. I mean, yeah. We're afraid the kids will leave the church if they're bored. And that the parents will
1: leave the church if think, they're bored. So you think that's this underlying issue? Yeah. Um and so it's really, oh man. This is, this is one of my beasts with evangelicalism. Is that you know, like, it feels like so often in the church, it's it's just a sales job.
0: You can you can almost always trace it back to the money.
1: Yeah, you, and you can, um, yeah. But we are trying to we're trying to convince people to stay at our church.
0: Yeah, and it's it's hard for people to leave, and and okay, it's hard I'm, I'm sounding. To it's hard for us when people leave. Sorry. Oh, uh, I, I sound really cynical here and I am, um, but I, when people leave, Josh and I do feel that hard. It's not, it's not because of their tithe. It's not because of the money. Like, oh man, hon- can I be real for just a honestly, second? Honestly, we couldn't give our, too much of a rip. Like we are, our, our neighbors
1: yeah about the money you're right we don't actually we sometimes we we say we care because sometimes we think about it but but,
0: but you do start to right. you start to so, be after about so a month. Here, let, oh, let me say money.
1: something uh, so my neighbors are moving like today they're actually leaving um they have a couple kids and good friends you're my a good kids. friend
0: helping them move um,
1: instead no, of shooting like, a podcast not moving i mean they are like leaving um and fun story like they are actually selling their house and moving to a Boat and sailing across the world. Oh, wow. But I am, I am, I'm overly sad. Like these have been our really good neighbors for about seven years. Um, we've built a good relationship with them and I don't want them to move. I, it, it's hard, you know. And so in church world, um, you know, when people come each week, um, I, I genuinely care about everybody, um, everybody that we interact with and the cool thing with just with the routine of of church is that i get to rub shoulders with them on a weekly basis or on a regular basis at least and um you know we develop closer friends and closer relationships you know with within that with within the 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 church community um that we may spend more time with um but just on this almost like a neighborly level um you know i I genuinely care about everybody. And so it does, it does really hurt. And it, and just makes me overly sad. Um, You know, when like somebody from my church goes to your church and, and I can even be happy for them yeah, um, and say like, yeah, it's probably like, as we look, you know, it's, it might be a better fit with the kind of the church culture um, or you've got, you know, some other relationships that are over there and, and I can be happy for you, but it's, it's still there's a grieving process for sure
0: it is like losing a friend i mean you uh, you know that you won't see them on sunday morning anymore yeah and, you, and, and you i'll still see, see them, them
1: once in a while you know and, and we'll still be friendly and still be friends but um you definitely lose something there you'll lose it so we um man we're ping-ponging like crazy this morning yeah it's okay. um, the coffee's starting to take in that's cool <laughs> But going back to the, these programs, so um, at maybe the heart of, of the, the programs, youth ministry, children's ministry, let's call it like a young adults group, or uh, and we have a men's group, and we have a women's group, and we've got a singles ministry, and like all of these different ministries that, that pop up, um, they, they can be really great. I don't, and, and, and they can be a really great way to connect with people, but as a church, and and if we look at the structure, if we look at the institution of it, um, by offering all these programs, what we're, we're actually like selling ourselves, um, and we are bettering our product that we're selling because we want people to come and we want people to stay. Um, yeah, um, Sky Chitani
0: wrote a really great. It's it's like a 35 page ebook called "How Churches Became Cruise Ships," and it, it's all about like uh, how over the past um, uh, s- 30 years the church has sort of been made to be a destination place where mm-hmm. we have all the entertainment type of stuff instead of um, offering the stuff that the church has to offer like we don't need to compete um in the the food department with a restaurant we don't need to compete in um in like the with a with a youth program in the community with our youth program or whatever um the things the church has to offer are uh prayer and connection to god and and things like that but we've sort of made ourselves into a destination place mm. and uh Kind of like a cruise ship. And so um, I, I just wonder, like, why do we still do those things? Like, we inherently know this. Yeah. We know that it's good for a, for a kid to yeah. learn how to be bored in church. Like, we know that's important because it's important for adults to see that kids are just as much a part of the body of Christ as they are. And it's important for kids to see that they're a part of church just as much as an older person is. Um, so why do we keep doing this destination thing? I went to youth group in high school. We met in a different building. Like, not even a different church. They rented a room at a different building and we went there for youth group. We we like left the church even though there was plenty of room at the church um to separate our youth program even more. Like why do we do that?
1: I th- yeah, especially with the youth um because they don't as parents if it's not interesting like if the youth don't want to go to church then you know, a few parents, um, you know, have the determination or like the no, you're going to go to church and you're going to sit there and be bored and it's going to be good for you in the end. I promise you. But, no,
0: I'll be real. You're you're actually wrong about this. Um, most in in my experience, most youth, their parents don't go to church. Most youth in a church, yeah, sure. Like youth group is a is a drop off babysitter. Yeah. But why do we make the babysitting youth group? Why not the gathering? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer. Yeah.
1: I think back, you know, way back on one of our first episodes with Carlos, Carlos Baca. And, um, he brought it, he did a lot of youth mentoring and he said, what he's learned is that it's, it's in relationships. Um, and I, I, I I keep coming back to that, you know, and so we can program things in the church and sometimes sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I don't think it will ever it's it will never be sustainable if it's void of relationships. Um and so that yeah, that that's where that's where I come back to. And so are we trying to are we trying to program things as a way to sell something, or are we rooted in relationships, and then the programs flow out of the re- the relationships?
0: How honest do I be? I don't know. Here's here's what I'm gonna say, and I I really think I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> we start these things because we. Are too ashamed of what we actually have we're're we're, we don't think that what we actually have to offer is something that people want uh. i don't I think we're too ashamed of prayer and solitude and community and worship i think I think that we think unless we can entertain people with our music like Chris Tomlin. And unless we can um, have our prayer be connective in the way that uh, like Louis Giglio prays for um, like before and after his messages. And unless we can have an energetic youth group, um, I don't I don't think we actually necessarily believe that people are going to really want to be there. Uh am i r am i wrong i don't know i've I've thought about this and I've never actually said it before.
1: yeah, this is something that like i I struggle a little bit with coming from an evangelical church again you know like it's evangelism is this thrust and is this focus and and even in in the Catholic Church too evangelism is important the great commission is is very important in making disciples they understand that and they get behind it. Um, but it's the way that we are conditioned to evangelize again, this, I like a sales pitch and to say like, I've got to create a church to entice you to come so that I can give you a message that hopefully you will accept and then become part of the church. Um, and, and we, you're, you're right. Like God isn't, God isn't good enough. And so we, we have to or we we feel a, a need to to make it more attractive. Um
0: Should we make a line of merchandise that say God isn't good enough? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. God's not good enough. But we, but, but we we make him better. Uh
0: um, yeah, yeah. I mean that's
1: more palatable.
0: I honestly, I think that's um, that's what's behind it all. We're um, it, I don't think it's that we're ashamed of the church because I love it, but we're afraid that um, that what we have to offer isn't enough for people. Wow, that and that's... what God's what God's given us to offer. Is simply that: is community and prayer and time in the Word and worship. Like those are the things that we have that no other place has. Hmm. I mean, community, Christian community, whatever. Like yeah, building one another up in Christ. We we have that to offer, um, but we are afraid. If I just did those things and tried to make it organic and didn't plan program around it, um. I am afraid that they would that my people would go to your church instead. And we shouldn't even be in competition cuz we're talking about combining our churches anyway. But if I'm being real with myself, I I still have that I don't want my people to go to your church. And yeah. I don't think you want your people to go to my church. Even though we're not in competition with one another. Yeah, yeah, and I think I want better programs because I want my people to stay where they are.
1: Man, I so want that, my yeah. worship to be better than your worship. So programs are no means no means wrong in and of themselves, and I think that like I think a children's ministry, I think a youth ministry, I mean women's groups, men's groups, those are all and they can be really great, but we got to go look at the motivation again. You know, like what what is. What is the the motivation? What's the heart behind that and underlying that? And i I think a church that doesn't have any youth doesn't need a youth ministry. Um, but if you have a church with um you know, a lot of a lot of kids coming up, then like, wow, this is what we have. How can we we're in relationship with these kids. What can we do to, you know, help their walk with, with Christ or or with kids, you know there there is a pragmatic aspect. You know, definitely um, with young children running around in in church, you know it's it's pragmatically much easier to have them go off. You know, and they actually can learn better. You know, like children's curriculum is different than adult curriculum. We we understand that, and I I get that. Um, but are we using that as a as a tool to keep people to, um, or to attract new people, um, to me instead of you. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or are we truly motivated by, um, by a heart to say like, no, actually I want what's best for these kids or these, what, for who, who I have, yeah, and
0: honestly I think the answer is both. I don't <clears throat> like I'm not going to say that my motivations are all completely out of whack, but I do know that um uh my own anxiety and I use that in the mental health way but also in the just general anxieties of life way. Um I'm I'm always fearful that like I won't be enough. I'm mm. you know, I'm obviously still trying to impress my parents with my life. Like yeah. that that's just that's just kind of how people operate and you're always still trying to impress your parents and so like I think my motivations are are good in that I do want people to fall in love with and have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But at the same time like I am deathly afraid that um, what, what I do won't work hmm. or won't be right or won't be good enough. And so um, there's definitely a piece of my motivations in everything I do, whether it's church or not, of trying to do things well so that people will know that I did it well. Mm. And I think, I don't think I'm alone in that. I think when we do these program-based things, there's a piece of it. Mm. If everyone really searched their souls in repentance, if every church leader did that, there is some bit of ego that's guiding the process. Mm-hmm. There's some bit of pride that's guiding the process. There's some bit of, I want my church to be the best church that's guiding the process. Mm.
1: Yeah, because then we we can say, yeah, we we are kind of good enough. We did that.
0: Look what we did. Um, it's, it's crazy. I can't get this, um, thought out of my head. <clears throat> so, um, our friend, uh, D.L. Mayfield just wrote a new book and, uh, we had her on the podcast. You should go back and listen to that cause it was great. Um, but she just wrote a book and I, I asked her about one piece about like,
1: the book is the myth of the American dream, the myth of the, of the American dream.
0: Book. And it's uh, phenomenal, it'll challenge the heck out of you. Um, but she she said one piece about um, like the something like the pain of um, like and and the anguish that comes from serving. and so I asked her about that one day and she said um, the the thing you realize when you like um, when you're growing up and you go on mission trips, I'm totally misquoting her. Daniela, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, but she. Uh, she said, "When you're when you're going on mission trips or whatever, it it makes you feel good, and the things that you do for God make you feel good. But once you start awakening to the real problems and the real injustices of the world, um, and you and you start to like, um, you you start to really want to tackle these things. It it stops feeling good and." she she said like it shouldn't feel good nothing about um god's work should feel good it should just make you upset that it had to be done in the first place hmm. and um and as we're as we're talking that just came to mind um we we build these programs in churches and I don't know about you but when they succeed it is it is like Feels a really high great. um uh Conan O'Brien said something that really resonated with me on his podcast he said when when a when a night at his talk show goes really really well like it could it could cure a debilitating disease like he mm. goes home mm. and he just he feels so good it could cure something and i felt that yeah after like a good sermon or yeah. after an event that i've been stressing over goes yeah, really yeah. really well like i am absolutely on cloud 9 i could like i i could be sick as a dog and i'd be fine cuz i'd right. be uh, over the moon um, and vice versa.
1: Well, honestly, so I was a couple years ago. We had a Christmas Eve service here at our church, and I had a, a high temperature. Oh, yeah. You were I was dying. Di- I, uh, yeah, I he was came in, super sick. He came in
0: so pale. It was like the guy from The Corpse Bride. Um, <laughs> but
1: it was a really good service, and it had a great turnout and just a really powerful evening. And I left, like, energized.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I was still really sick with like a hundred and two fever, um, which for a guy, I mean, you might as well be just about dead. Yeah, um, he's saying guys are us with sickness, and w- yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah, and like if your fever touches three digits, then it's it's over. Yep. Um. And uh, but yeah, it was. You're 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 right. There's this. This good feeling that comes with that. Which isn't bad either. Um No the ego good feelings and the ego's not bad. Ego's not bad, but it, it pushes you. Yeah. But what what is what is our in, in church, what is our, our underlying mission? You know, and what what is what is it, the thing that's actually propelling us? Is it that good feeling? Are we being chased by emotionalism or is there something deeper there? Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like programs can be a a really great thing, but let's not use them in chase of that good feeling, in chase of the emotionalism that comes with it or in chase of like, yeah, we've got it figured out as a church, um, but let's, let's, let's use them. Um, but use them with, make making sure that our our hearts are are pure and our, and our motives are there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm. And and I I just sort of wonder as we're starting to wrap up. Uh, basically, all of this was to make us feel more cynical, and then to stop. Yeah. Where I think we'll bring a little bit of hope next episode. Next episode is going to be our last of this uh, run, but. Our season I, three, I, our
1: COVID I, season.
0: I hope that COVID season. That's right. Um, I hope that we bring some a little bit of hope and um, a look to the future. But I don't know that we will. I think we're. I think right now, honestly, we're in this phase of deconstructing everything we know about the church. And it's just natural. It's a good yeah, it's, because a, it's a good time to do that because we're at, not like, there.
1: David, like the last three months, we've not had any programs. We've not had things. And we've just been setting with, man, that word, am I good enough? We've just been setting in that tension as pastors all over the nation, all over the world, um, are like, wow, everything's stripped away. And here I'm leading this church. Am, am I good enough? And, of course, the answer is no. None of us are good enough. Um but until we until we acknowledge that, until we can like rest in the peace that through through Christ and through the Holy Spirit and just through like resting in in God's love that we are good enough for for Him or it, it's he it's he it's that grace that um, that He accepts us not because of what we can do at all. Yeah. Um,
0: well, and and I think this is something that like maybe maybe the answer here is just to notice it like i'll um i'm I'm starting to notice these things in myself, and that's why I bring them up today but um like so this Saturday, I'm doing a discussion group on the movie just mercy because about Bryan Stevenson, um uh christian um activist leader, and he uh, uh the this movie was made free because of the um Uh, conversations we're having as a country right now. And I thought, I I saw that that was going to be free. I thought, cool, let's do a discussion group on it. Cause like this program based thinking is what I tend to go to. I'm like event, let's do this event. And so I just naturally did that. But I'll tell you, I noticed, um, in just kind of a really small way when I started publicizing the event, um, Sort of the endorphin hits that I got. Mm. I just, I just noticed it, mm. and I've noticed when I, um, I've been running these game nights on Tuesday nights just to make people happy um, because it's a sad time. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it, but when they go well, I get this hit of endorphins, mm. and when they go badly, I'm like ridiculously sad, and I think. Um, it's it's sort of important for me as a spiritual practice right now to notice mm. um, if, if my own ego or my own joy or my own feelings or my own mm. emotions are running me putting programs into place or if I'm actually doing them um, for the glory of God. Yeah. And I think it's always a both and but noticing how much of one or the other. I think I think I'm doing this just mercy discussion group for the right reasons, but I also know that it made me feel really good to get those likes <laughs> on on Facebook about it.
1: Yeah. And so just being able to call that out to identify as, have this self awareness of that. Um and and again in this like not tying it up um, in this season of kind of deconstructing the church, um, programs aren't aren't bad. Children's ministry, youth ministry, uh, men's ministry, women's ministry, young adults ministry, homeless ministry—all like none of these things are bad, but they're also not essential either. And so, um, no to to being the church. And and will again next episode we'll kind of. Wrap everything up of like what what is what does the Bible say about like the essential components of the church and and yeah and um, all
0: those things I think it's also important to remember are things that the world outside of the church also has to offer yeah like it's I think it's important to realize that youth programs are something that is offered outside of church that children's programs are offered outside of church and so being laser focused. On the purpose of these programs and yeah, what right. what the church has to offer yeah. that that these other outside the church
1: programs don't. David, I think one of the things to, uh, um is when we inherit, when we you and I have an, inherited a system of church, a way of doing church, um, and and so all of these things. It's the generation before us that. Started so many of them, and they started with great motives and with great, yeah. you know, intentions. And now, like, we've inherited this, and we're just like, wait, is this how church is supposed to be? Um, and and so we need to, I think, every generation needs to challenge, needs to do some level of deconstruction, at least, of like, why? Why? Why do we do what we do? What is the motivation behind it? And um, if if the motivation, again, is to, to to see lives transformed, to see people come um, into a greater understanding of, of the love of Jesus, um, then by all means, let's do anything um, that helps achieve that end. But if we're doing it just because it's always been done um, or because it makes us feel good, mm-hmm. um, then... You know, God, God help us. And yeah. May we, if
0: if that's our motivation, then and and leave the youth programs to the to the, um, the community to the centers. Community the centers. Leave the yeah. children's programs to the children the schools. Yeah, that's good. Well, yeah. um, so I I think I I think I took us pretty far off the rails from what you wanted to talk about, but um, I, but, I you know, as good. as always, I appreciate you indulging me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm my my mind is a is a giant trap and occasionally something will send me in a completely different direction um but tell us what you think uh we're on Instagram Twitter (laughs) Facebook uh as Unsuccess Pod Um, and
1: subscribe I I think that's the best way I mean we're somewhat sporadic in in our, our new episodes we try to be fairly regular um you know, but subscribe to iTunes or Google Play or uh, whatever, whatever podcast. Um,
0: yeah, and we've got some news. really ridiculously exciting guests coming up. We've been talking about yeah uh, for our, who our we season
1: on. four this next year. Yeah, we, um, it's crazy that we've been conversations, so. crazy
0: that we've been doing it this long. Um, I know. Before, pre, we started
1: pre-accident, David. Well, we, we did start pre accident. We, we are in our third year of the Unsuccess Podcast.
0: Yeah, that's nuts. I uh, like, I I wanted to do this. I thought we were going to do it. I also know myself, and I knew that there was about a fifty percent chance we wouldn't do it at all. And so I'm I'm glad we're still kicking. I'm glad we're still going strong.
1: Yeah, there's a hundred percent chance. I knew I was going to do it. <laughs>
0: yeah, <think>. that's true. <laughs> That's true. All right. So uh, tell us what you think, and we'll see you back here next time on the Unsuccess podcast. And also, I'm David. <laughs> I'm Josh.